0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know and joining me again today for perhaps the last time until she goes away to college and returns from college, obviously, Diana, Diana. This is a a momentous occasion, I guess. Hi. Yeah,
1: hi. It's it's me.
0: Okay, there you go. But you know, once she gets talking about whatever topic we're going to talk about, um she talks. Just like I'm trying to do. Alrighty, so uh, you know I have been bugging Diana for a while now. Please watch Supergirl on the CW. Are you glad that I made you watch it?
1: Oh yeah, I'm really glad. Well, you didn't make me watch it. I watched it of my own free will. I was bored one day, and I said, "Like, oh, I'll watch Supergirl."
0: Okay, but you know I had already finished like all three seasons, and uh, but you're glad you, you're, you're glad you did it though.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I did it. Yes.
0: Okay, so let me ask you, why uh, did it take you so long to get around to watching uh, Supergirl on the
1: CW? Um, Because uh, a few years ago, I tried watching Arrow, and I was like, okay, it's good, but it's not like good, good, you know? So I was like, eh, I don't really want to waste my time when I could be watching like Glow or Peaky Blinders or something like that. So then, but then eventually one day I was just bored and I was like, "You know what? I'll try Supergirl." And I really liked it.
0: Yeah, I kind of stumbled upon Supergirl. Um, I, same thing. I kind of watched you watch Arrow and was sort of like, "Oh, it's gritty Batman with a bow and arrow." And uh, you know, I was kind of wrapped up with all the Marvel shows until I got to Iron Fist suffered through iron fist defenders were coming out and i was like i think i'm gonna take a break let me try a cw show and i picked supergirl first and um i mean it's it's become my favorite cw show but uh let's talk about it uh now i never really read supergirl comics you do how does uh our gal melissa benoist how How does her portrayal and the way she's written on the show how do you think she compares to what you what you see in the comics?
1: um she's definitely a lot older because in the comics well now Supergirl is still like in high school kind of she's like finishing up high school, so that's where she is, so she's definitely a lot older, but then I don't know their personalities are still the same where they're both like overly trusting. I would say the comic supergirl's a little more naive. But then I don't know, but they still they still really have that connection to Krypton, which I really enjoy. Like uh because recently uh Kandor was destroyed and uh Comic Supergirl really felt that and then of course when Melissa Benoit's Supergirl went to Argo City she really felt that connection to Krypton, so I like those those mm. yeah, that's yeah, never mind.
0: Okay, because I think this is probably a good time for me to say spoilers, Uh, we're going to be talking about all three seasons of Supergirl so if you've missed some stuff we're going to be throwing spoilers at you left and right we're also going to speculate on season four because even though Diana's off at college uh, I don't know why because she should be studying but they will have TV there and she will be keeping up with it Uh, right, you're going to keep up with Supergirl and Riverdale
1: Yes, of course, and if I don't catch it because I don't know if my roommates would want to watch that, so if not, I'll just watch it on the CW app.
0: Convert your roommates. Get them on board. No,
1: one of them, one of them already watches Riverdale. He just hasn't seen Season 2, which I'm like, come on, what's wrong with you? Season 2 is where everything goes crazy. Oh my god, Season
0: is the best! Which, if you scroll down on the list here of uh, episodes... Not once, but twice, you can hear Diana and I talk about Riverdale, especially season two. But this is a Supergirl podcast. Um, Wow, where should we start? Uh, I think a good place to start is, you know, I mean, look, Supergirl is the main focus here, but there are a ton of characters on the show, which I really, really love. I think I know the answer to this question, but a Supergirl aside, who is your favorite character whose name I think rhymes with Ben? Ben?
1: Win, it's win, win is amazing, and I just love win. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Diana loves win
0: shot. and uh, when I saw you watching season three and it was getting close to the end, I was like, oh boy, I know what's gonna happen. And when I heard you go, what? no,
1: <laughs> Because when the actor who played win, he didn't want to do it anymore. He wanted to go back to doing more stage stuff. So then, what they did is that they said, like, "Oh, the Legion of Super uh, Brainiac Five can't return to the future because Brainiac is gonna kill all Kaluans. So you need to go in his place, Win." And I'm like, "No, Win can't leave." And then, yep, he left. He left with Monel and Saturn Girl to go the thirty-first century.
0: Yeah, because, uh, you know, the future needs Wynne shot, uh, you know. But I, I beg to I beg to disagree. I think the present needs Wynne shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Win is definitely one of my favorite characters. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing about this show is, to me, I can't really think of a character on this show that I didn't like in some capacity. I mean, is there anybody? I mean... I should say, there's nobody on the show that I totally despise. Like, is there anybody? Like, who would you say is sort of the link, the weakest character on the show? Season
1: two, Monel,
0: dude, bro, Mike. Uh, why do you not like season two, Monel, but prefer season three, Monel?
1: Well, start with uh, season th- season three, Monel. He 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 went to the future. He became the leader of the Legion of Superheroes, so he's more responsible. He, he he sort of becomes more like Superman, where he's where he knows to like when he gets too emotional to take a breath and look back on what's happening and make an informed decision. He's able to apologize for his own actions. He's able to take responsibility for his own actions. He's able to out act uh, logically. He's just he's a better person because season two, mon L, he was just so impulsive and emotional and such like like you said like a dude bro and also in season 2 he dated Kara and he was just a horrible boyfriend he would like constantly never listen to her and never respect what she wanted and he would just go off and do his own thing and then he'd always kind of be like whenever they'd have a fight he'd kind of be like but me 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 and he would never kind of have to listen to what Kara had to say but then when he came back from the future he was able to listen to others work well with others and just be a better person
0: yeah, and you know, Season 2 Monell or as I like to call him, you know, by his alter ego Mike. Uh I found him to be good comic relief cuz he was sort of like uh the dude bro, like uh like we have on Riverdale, Asian dude bro Reggie. Yeah, but
1: Reggie isn't hurting anybody. Reggie isn't like going against another character's wishes, especially one he's supposed to be dating. Reggie is innocent. Reggie's just doing his own
0: thing. And Reggie got punched out by uh, Veronica.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: Again, scroll down and listen to our Riverdale recap for uh, Dude Bro Reggie getting punched out by Veronica. But, I mean, Mike, because to me that's how it is. Season 2, he's Mike. Season 3, he's Monel. His 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 default, whenever Kara would get mad at him, his default answer would be, you know, almost would be, well, I'm a Daxamite, you know, we, we party, man. Like, I, I was getting sick of it. Um... I mean okay it was it was kind of obvious you know daxamites are when they're uh under a a yellow sun uh their powers are similar to kryptonians not as strong though and uh vulnerable to lead as opposed to kryptonite uh can't fly this and that um so i kind of got why they but i felt well let, let me put it this way uh and don't talk about the rumored relationship because that's something I want to talk about separately the relationships that kara has on the show her and james and her and monell
1: which one to you felt more forced ooh that's tough because james you 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 shared the sentiment too it was just something i couldn't like put my finger on when i was watching it is that you said it felt very much like kara liked james but she wanted a boyfriend so badly she kind of like she kind of, like, exaggerated how she felt for him. And that's how I felt. Because cause watching that, I felt like, yeah, she doesn't really like him like him. And, they just try, and I felt like the writers just wanted to give her love interest so badly. They gave her James. But the, uh, what's more... F- mm. I think... I think mon Because at least James was nice to her. Because mon when he tr- when she tried to give him a job, he didn't even try. When she tried... It's basically every time she tried to help him out to live a life on Earth, he would just kind of ignore her and do his own thing and never say thank you. So it's like... Yeah, sh- at least James was nice to her. So you could kind of see like, oh, okay, maybe that's how it worked out. But Monel, Yeah, that was, that was pretty forced. I mean, for me, I-, I felt they were
0: both forced. I felt... You know, kind of like you just explained, that I felt like she sort of had sort of like a schoolgirl crush on James but they were clearly friends but she really tried to force the issue but they broke it off really quick. I feel that Monell was more forced because the guy screwed up left and right and she lost her patience and she kept going back to him and I'm just like what are they doing? She realized her and James is not going to work and they
1: ended it. And I did it, like, very well. James wasn't like, yeah, well, I, I, bleh. I'm like, dude, yeah, you gotta stay with me. He wasn't like that. He was just very well like, all right, if you're not feeling it, well, we'll stop. But then, like, yeah, what you yeah, yeah, you go back. Yeah, and I mean, you know,
0: I was sort of like, after a while, I'm sort of like, Cara, can't you see that, you know, Monel or Mike? You know, because he was really Mike back then. You know, this is not the guy for you, but why do you keep taking him back? Why do you keep going back to him? You know, you had the schoolgirl crush on James, so if she kind of behaved like that with James, I could see it because it was sort of her first real human or earth relationship where maybe that schoolgirl crush would kind of draw her back to James. But she was very mature and was like, look, we're friends. Let's be friends. With Monel, it's just... I'm like, dude, toss him in the sun already. Like, what, what's what's going on here, you know? And not for nothing, they tried to show Monel growing up, like, when his parents come, and he's like, I'm ashamed of being a Daxamite, this or that. I'm just like, dude, whatever. You
1: just want to get in Kara's pants. I know. I kind of felt like he was just kind of saying whatever to stay with Kara, and that, like, he didn't really mean it. Like, I think if Kara wasn't there... Like, if he never met Kara, and he just crash-landed on Earth, and he was trying to live a human, his parents showed up, and, like, we're taking you back to Party City, he'd be like, hell yeah, I'm going back to Party City, let's go.
0: He'd grab Miss Tessmacher and uh, and, and hop on the ship and get back to wherever they were establishing
1: Daxum. Yeah, I, th- I think it was actually the same planet, because they said, like, after all the debris was settled, they could rebuild on it, yeah
0: yeah true true alrighty so let's continue kind of with relationships a little bit because um you know let's not forget that Kara has an adoptive sister who well let's let's talk about that first let's talk about Kara and Alex adopted sisters uh to me I felt like they were sisters like how did you feel about their relationship from season one all the way through you know to the end of season three
1: Oh, yeah, even... Even from season one, it was... I saw it, like, there was no... Like, they... They were just, like, as if they were birth sisters. Because Kara showed up to Alex when she was, like, 13. So then usually, like, when that happens well, not usually, I don't know, and I'm not taking this from any frame of reference, but I'm imagining, like, by that time, you already have, like, your own personality, your own friends, your own interests, like, you wouldn't really be that close, but Cara and Alex, they're just like, oh my god, like, Alex would, like, go over to Cara's apartment every night, and they'd watch movies or whatever, and they'd go out and get food together, and then, yeah, the, the relationship was just really strong.
0: Yeah, I mean, when, uh, at the end of season two, when she had to send Monell away, uh, as you know, if you've watched, uh, to get rid of the Daxums, to get rid of the Daxamites, she had to flood the atmosphere with enough lead to poison them, but of course be safe to us. She had to send him away. So, season three, we get the first few episodes, Mopi Kara, and everybody, you know, everybody is like, let's let her be, let's let her this. And after a while, Alex was like, screw this, you know, and, and wasn't even like, you know, oh, Cara, I understand, like, like, she was, she was like the big sister.
1: Yeah, she was just like, you've been moping about him for, what was it, six months? Yeah. She's like, you've been moping about a boy, you've been dating for six months, for six months, it's time to get over it and get back out there and, be Cara Danvers and that's what I like what she said during that time where she was just like I could just be Supergirl and not show up to work or do anything I'm just gonna be Supergirl and whatever and then she's just like you know why I want you to be Cara because Cara Danvers is my favorite person I thought that was such a sisterly thing to say to say that it's like I don't love you because you're Supergirl and you do all these cool things it's like I love you because you're a person because you're an important person in my life
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, like you said, she she came when, you know, they were both about 13. Uh she's a stranger. Uh even though she possesses all these super abilities, it's Alex that has to like protect Kara and uh you know, you would think there would be tons of resentment, but I mean, they are they are strong as any sisters could be, and I think that was also proven when in season two, yes, season two, Alex had a big realization about herself and shared it with Kara. And again, you see that sisterly
1: bond. Yeah, because uh, Alex she she meets Maggie Sawyer, and that's a little uh, uh, not not a red flag, but a little like, oh, oh, that's where they're going. So she meets Maggie Sawyer. And she uh, realizes that she's gay, and then she goes to tell Kara. Well, the first time she goes to tell Kara, it's kind of a disaster. But I think, I think, but then when they really sit down to talk about it, Kara says, "Like I understand what it's like. I have to hide a part of myself too. I'm okay with everything that you're well uh, not what you're going through. I mean why am I, so- I? I'm okay with who you are because I can relate to you on that too." And then she just accepted it and who her sister was. So I thought that was very good. Very nice.
0: Yeah. And, you know, kind of following up with that. So, you know, yeah, you know, Alex comes out. She 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 is a lesbian. uh, She starts dating Maggie and just really introducing introducing them as a couple, introducing Alex as a lesbian. I felt they weren't sort of like and again this is the CW this is this is the network that were like episode one of Riverdale they're like Betty and Veronica you must kiss you know we need this you would think that they would be like alright we got lesbians I think tastefully tactfully and not even sort of like okay we got a tip they were just sort of like yeah they're lesbians this is what happens in the real world here
1: yeah they handled it very well they were just like like they didn't make a show of it. They didn't like like they, like they didn't make a show of it like for like, uh you know like ooh look le- yeah like like ooh look lesbians or they weren't just like look at us we have a lesbian couple on our show look at us we're the greatest they didn't do that so that's what I really liked and they just uh they just handled it like how yeah like like you said how it is in the real world it's just something that happens and exists. Yeah, but I did
0: like the fact that when they're all sitting in the alien bar, um, uh, Martian Manhunter, Wynn, James, and uh, Kara, and they're going to meet, you know, the person Alex is dating, and, uh, you know, Wynn and James are just like, you know, asking about Maggie's, uh, I'm sorry, Alex's guy, and Kara, you know, she's like, he's a cop, right? And Kara's just like, mm hmm, because she
1: just wants to see their reaction yeah and then when and then when they show up it kind of she's just like this is Maggie and they're like cool Maggie and they took like wait a minute and they're like oh okay and of course they were okay with it because it's win and then they asked Martian Manhunter and they were like Martian Manhunter did you know and he said like of course I knew I can read minds he was like why didn't you say anything and he said because it wasn't my place and I love that they did that because like like uh like there's some people out there Like, who, like, as soon as they learn that somebody's not straight, they love to, like, tell everybody that they can. Like, oh, did you hear Jack's gay? And they tell everybody because they feel like, ooh, it's this juicy secret, and I want everybody to know. But it's not your place to tell anybody. And I like that Martian Manhunter... Well, that they had Martian Manhunter do that, say, it wasn't my place to tell.
0: Yeah, and that was great. And I think that's a great segue into John Jones the former Hank Henshaw uh, Martian Manhunter. Uh, His story really begins in Season 1, where he is Hank Henshaw, you know, head of uh, the DEO. And uh, how did you like that he went from who we thought was Hank Henshaw to discovering who he really was? Like, his whole progression from Season 1 all the way to Season 3, what did you think of that?
1: Well, first, when I saw, when they first introduced Hank Henshaw, he was just there, and I heard the name, I was like, ooh, Cyborg Superman, what are they gonna do, and then, and then, like, later, there was one time when Kara was knocked unconscious, I think by Bizarro, and then he's watching over her, and his eyes glow red, and I'm like, ooh, he's already, he's already, uh, Cyborg Superman, but then, I forgot when it was, but they just revealed that he was Martian Manhunter, I was like, oh my god, it's Martian Manhunter, because I haven't seen Martian Manhunter since, like, the Justice League cartoon, so then I was like, Oh my God. And then you talked about the to sneeze. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, you know, I,
0: I was blown away that, you know, John Jones, the Martian, bless you, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I mean, you see him in the comics, you see him on the justice league, justice league unlimited <laughs> to actually see him. I was really, really psyched. Um, I really wish I knew the actor's name, and I'm kicking myself now. But whoever portrays him, I think does an incredible job. Um, he's he 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 comes off as sort of like I don't want to say a hard ass, but he's like a very stoic guy. Yeah,
1: that's what I was gonna say. It's that like he's he's very stoic and like for emo- like he keeps all of his emotions under control. He's very logical, like, but then like he still, as you see. Later on well not later on, but like as you see in the series, he cares about Alex because Alex's dad Jeremiah was actually sent to kill Martian Manhunter, but he refused to do it. So in doing so he saved his life. And uh something happened and then I actually forgot. Did Hank Henshaw stab him? Jeremiah? Um Yeah, I
0: think when uh Jeremiah found John Jones uh, and realized that, you know, this is not some horrible alien. And I think even, even in the beginning when they were
1: going after this he knew, alien... He knew it was... He, he didn't think, like, oh, it's an evil alien. He just knew he was probably like, oh, maybe it's, like, Supergirl. Like, he already had Kara taken in, so he's thinking probably it's, like, Kara.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he actually he actually saved Jean Jones. He actually saved... Well, I think it was... Jean saved him from, like, a snake, and then he saved Jean from Hank Henshaw, uh,
1: and oh, in, the in the But in the fight, while he was, like, telling Hank Henshaw to back off, he got, like, stabbed or shot or something. So, as he was dying... Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, <laughs> as he was dying, he told Hank... He told John Jones to take care of my daughters, and then that's what he did when Alex was kind of lost in being, like, a party girl he offered her a job at the DEO and she's able to turn her life around and as you see later on when Kara is feeling lost as a child he would come as a DEO agent to check up on her and just have talks with her and he would look like in and and the form he would take would be someone similar to her mother so she would feel comfortable so it was good that he was doing those things and also like everybody talks about like Martian Manhunter being like the heart of the Justice League and like I, I haven't seen the Justice League cartoon or Unlimited in a while but in the new run Scott Snyder's run he keeps pushing Martian is the heart of the Justice League he's the heart of the Justice League but he never does anything to show that he is but in this show Martian Manhunter is such like a father figure to everybody to win, to Alex to Kara to Monel, that you feel like yeah Martian Manhunter really is the heart of the Justice League, isn't he? So I feel like he's actually... So whoever's writing this Martian Manhunter is doing a much better job than the guy who's supposed to be writing him as the literal heart of the Justice League in the Justice League comic. Yeah, I mean, you know, and,
0: and you really touched upon it. You know, he really is the father figure. I mean, he he gets Wynn
1: into the DEO. Yeah, because Wynn was originally working at CatCo as some, like... IT guy, but then he's like, you're wasting your talent here, Wynn, you gotta come work for the DEO, and that's where Win really becomes like, I don't know, like, yeah, like like, like Super Wynn, yeah, where, where he's like hacking all the computers and analyzing all the satellites and all that, yeah. He's He kind of reminds me a
0: little bit of, and you really need to see the film to know what I'm going to talk about, He remi- Win reminds me a little bit of Ash from Fantastic Mr. Fox, because, especially when he does some stuff, and it's just like, uh-oh, this? Oh, yeah, I just you know, hacked into the Pentagon for you. You know, no big deal. Um, You know, people... I think people on the... Sur- well, actually, I don't want to jump around too much. We'll get to win in a second. I just want to finish up on Martian Manhunter. To me, the, you know, you see him being a father to everybody. Even a father to James when James wants to be the Guardian, and he encourages James to be the Guardian. Um... You know, with car, but I think for me the big one, and it was like, "Where's the tissue box?" Was when Alex asked John Jones to walk her down the aisle. Oh, that's right. Do you? You keep going. Uh oh. Oh, Uh oh. Because she got Diana got the chills with that one. I'm getting the chills. You know, she she pretty much knows her father is never coming back. She's getting married, and she's like, "Well, if my father can't walk me down the aisle." dad number two is going to do it and they break down and cry and the thing is you know even 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 John Jones is like you got to stop crying because we're like the hard asses here at the DEO people can't know we cry
1: yeah and those, <laughs> yeah
0: just. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a touching thing. But you know, again, characters, characters, characters in the show. Jumping back to Win, I think early on, and I think maybe because it was on CBS that first season before it transferred to the CW for seasons two and beyond, Wynn was sort of like the comic relief. But by you know, John Jones or Martian Manhunter, not sort of being like, hey, buddy, would you like a job? He's sort of like, you know, Mr. Shot, you're a smart person. Get over here and do stuff for me. Like giving him that push instead of being like, hey, buddy, let me hold your hand and and, and and turn you into like somebody great. He was sort of like kicked him in the butt and was like, you have potential. Start using it. I think Windshot went from like goofy comic relief to, like, a really important character, so important that when they were like, yeah, we're taking him off the show, I was like, what the bleep?
1: <laughs> I know, it was just... But he's like, what I love about Win is that they introduce it in the on CBS is that he's the son of the Toy Man. And the Toy Man, it's like, if you don't know, he's like this evil genius, and all of his death traps and bombs are based around toys. So that guy's already a genius. So then Wynn... He also got that genius. And then... I don't think they are going to use it on CBS. I don't think they are going to use it. But then on the CW, you see, like, wow, he really is... He really is a Toy Man's son. You really feel like he's taking what his father did wrong and kind of applying that to be good. And especially... Because later on at the end of Season 3, Wynn makes this device. It's like a shield. And it's supposed to be indestructible. You could survive against anything, bullets, whatever. And then... Uh, sorry. He makes it, and then he gives this to, not his buddy, but, like, his frenemy, Deimos. Deimos. And then it... De- rip Deimos. Okay. So then he gives it to Deimos, and he gets attacked, and it fails. But then it shows... But then Biniac 5 comes, and he shows Wind that later on, that his design is the foundation for all, like, personal shields, even the shields that the Legion uses. So, well, not even just the... Shi- like, pretty much for all
0: of 31st century technology.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I didn't catch that. I just thought it was the design for, like, the shields. But then, yeah, so he... Oh, that's... Yeah, because cause the diagram was that he drew out for Deimos was preserved and saved in a museum. So then I just felt like, wow, Wynn is really a genius, and he's really trying to do good for everybody. And, like, even, like, when his design failed... James, James, and Win—they're—they're they're great together. And then James, James helped pick him back up and said, "Like, hey, you messed up this time, but it's only because uh, three Kryptonians were zapping them with laser vision. So you're gonna go back up. You're gonna fix his design, so another Demos doesn't happen again." And so I just felt like Win, yeah, Win, Win can do it. Yeah, and yeah, the the relationship between Win and James,
0: because you know when. I, th- I felt like when Kara and James, I don't want to say fell apart, but when they realized, you know, they are who they are, and then she, you know, Supergirl's story was really taking off, and Alex's story, I was sort of like, man, what's going to happen with Wynn and James? Well, they partner up to be like Guardian and Man in the Chair, and instead of just really sort of being like, oh, B side story, excuse me, you know, the Guardians on the street and Man in the Chair, I mean, they formed an incredible friendship. Um, you know, it's, it was beautiful, actually, their friendship.
1: Yeah, because it was, like, James needed help being the Guardian. When said, like, hey... Because, like, James said, like, I'm stuck being James. I'm not helping anybody as this photographer. And then Wynn was just like, hey, I was able to find my calling to feel like I was helping people. And he's like, of course, for my friend, I'll do that for you, too. So he makes him the Guardian suit. And then... Uh, I'm I'm just really blanking today, but then like, y- you you keep. Um... I mean, you know, they really, you
0: you know, you really saw the the fact that, um, I think the first time, James went out as the Guardian, maybe not the first time, but the first time he failed. Win was like, I'm not risking your life again, yeah. and James was like, I'm gonna risk my life. But I need you, Win, because you are going to protect me. And it's like they—they they both lifted each other up. You know, if one would falter, the other kind of scooped him up and sort of like gave him that kick in the pants to like, you know, get back out there and be the guardian, or you know, don't stop inventing, when, You know, you're not your father. You know, be don't be the toy man. Be Win Shot. And I mean, they just constantly lifted each other up. It was great.
1: Yeah, it was. Cause, like, also, it's just like, I don't know. I just, I just love seeing, I just love seeing bros. You know, like bros in, like a TV show, and I just think that's like the perfect. That's that's just like the perfect example of it because they just help each other out. They're there for each other. They never ask anything really of each other. They're just they're just there for each other. Kind of like Steve and Bucky. You know, they're with each other till the end of the line, and that's yeah. and that's what it is.
0: And one of them carries a shield. Um, I've been itching to talk about this. An actor named Tyler Holick, and I really hope I pronounced his name right, showing up as Superman. What did you think of this version of Superman on Supergirl?
1: Oh, uh, I love this version of Superman. He is, like, the perfect... He's, like... It's, like, it's like if somebody took Christopher Reeve, yes. but they, like, updated him to, like, to today and he's just like he uses he like he's such like he's he's such a boy scout and he uses words like jiffy like jiffy and nifty and of course cat grant has this massive crush on clark kent and then i just thought that was so funny because she walks in she's like cara you didn't tell me that you knew clark kent and she's like clark when are you gonna leave lois and then but then besides that it's just like he's he's like the superman that I read about like in the comics like that's him and then like when I first saw him and like when he left the show I was like why is he leaving the show he has to come back or like and like even though I know it's like (laughs) even though I get the point (laughs) I know even though I get the point it's super girl and it's supposed to be about her I was like can we make this show about him now I really like him yeah, and I mean exactly what you said. Um when I first
0: saw him, my first impression was, well, he's way too skinny to be Superman. But then I'm like, you know what? You don't need to be Henry Cavill or to look like Henry Cavill to be Superman. And you're you're right. I mean, he's like Chris Christopher Reeves brought to the 21st century. Um some of my favorite scenes is when he's I actually like him. I like I love him as Superman. I love him even more as Clark. And I loved some of the, you know, you don't hear what's going on on the other side of the phone. His conversations with Perry White, where he's using, like, you know, I'll have it for you in a jiffy, sir. I know nobody uses the word jiffy anymore, sir. I mean, he's just, he's such a cornball. But again, talking about relationships and lifting each other up, when Kara is out her lowest, you know, I mean, here comes Superman. to, I mean, Superman saves the day not just by lifting buildings, but by lifting lifting up people, lifting up their spirits.
1: And and you don't get that with Henry Cavill. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, because, like, there was one... There were there several times that Kara was feeling like, man, I suck. But then Superman was, like, he would genuinely help her and say, like, you know, akara, you're better than me. You you can do things I could never do. I'm humbled by you. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> he... Yeah, he, but then, like, what I loved about it is that he never once went to Supergirl... And he was all, like, bitchy that like, why are you stealing my spotlight? You know, like, he's, he's just there. He's like, wow, we're a super team, and you really helped me out there. And I'm And then, like, like Alex, she's like, I'm proud to have you as my cousin. And then, you know, it's just, it's just a good relationship. Like, none of them, like, Kara isn't bitter that Superman is more famous than she is. And Superman isn't bitter that Kara is stronger than he is. They just work together really well.
0: Yeah, and that's canon on this show, because um, he's affected by, was it Silver Kryptonite? Yeah, yeah, he was affected by Silver Kryptonite, so he saw Kara as General Zod, and they had a knockdown, drag-out fight, and she bested him, and he,
1: he, you know, even when he he said he was fighting to kill her, so he wasn't holding back, he was fighting to kill her, so then she was able to beat him there, so she's stronger. Yeah, because when they came back to the D.E.O., you know, everybody,
0: Martian Manhunter, Alex, they were like, well, you know, silver kryptonite and this or that. You know, Superman, who you would think has a super ego because everything is super about super, was like, no, she beat me. She beat me straight up fair and square. No gimmicks, no nothing. You know, I was, I thought she was Zod. I was trying to kill her. She bested me. And, you know, that's, that's a man right there to, to admit that, you know, yeah, I, I lost.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and then just just everything, just just his whole thing about how, like when you see him interact, like when they're, th- there's this whole montage of them like saving the day and just like the smiles that he gives like the people watching and the kids watching, it's just like, oh man, it's just, that that is just such Superman and it's so great to see the real Superman, Tomasi and Gleason Superman, not this Bendis garbage, <laughs> this Tomasi and Gleason pure Superman out there It's just, it's great because that's my favorite Superman right there. Not this Bendis Henry Cavill garbage.
0: Yeah, and just again, I think I don't know if it was when the Daxam, I think it was when during the Daxamite invasion when there was there was a drone that was gonna gun down a family, and he steps in front of it just like Superman, spreads his arm, spreads his cape, shields them, and the kid's like, "Wow!" and you know. Buildings are blowing up, this and that, and he just gives them a smile and a wink, and I'm like, that's Superman right there. You know, not not the, uh, I'm gritty and dark. You know, he's sort of like, you know, hey, good luck to you, kid. I'll be right back. <laughs> you know, I, just, I mean, just perfect. Um, before we kind of jump into a character I want to talk about in a possible relationship, Diana knows what I'm talking about. I can't believe that we forgot you know, we mentioned the name a few times. One of my favorite characters from the beginning, and I'm so sad she is gone,
1: Cat Grant. Played by Calista Flockhart. I love her! <laughs> yeah, she is just. If Martian Manhunter is the father figure, Cat Grant is the mother figure. Oh, yeah. Because Cat Grant is just like one. Kara, because she's. Like, at the end of. Kira. Yeah, Kira. Because at the end of season one. And she's just like, Kira, you need a better job than just being my assistant. And she's like, all right, I'll be a reporter. And when she goes to be a reporter, her boss, Snapper Carr, <laughs> is like, I didn't hire you. You can't work for me, blah, blah, blah. And then and she's just like, and then Kara goes like, Miss Grant, can't you do anything for me? And she's like, do anything for you? That's your boss. You got to work it out with him.
0: Oh, it was perfect. She was like, "Oh, would you like me to go in there and yell at your boss for you?" I don't think so. That's not how it works. I mean, she she is great. Um just the lines that she had, her delivery, the fact that she knew all along that her assistant Kira was Supergirl and kept it to herself.
1: Perfect. Oh, she is like a she is like a Kenny Lee, a real Kenny Lee. You gotta tell you get you, now. You gotta say
0: who Kenny Lee is.
1: Kenny Kenny Lee is my favorite character from Supergirl, and he was only in one episode. So they so 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 they, they they have this big flashback to back when they were in high school, and Kenny Lee was Kara's only friend, and he had this big crush on her. And then there's one point he tried to kiss her, and then Kara was just like, "Ah, what do I do?" So she refused him, and I was like, Kenny Lee, and then and then Kenny Lee knew that she was supergirl but he didn't tell anyone he had it photographed of her flying and he kept that to himself he didn't tell anyone and
0: unfortunately he witnessed a crime and he was murdered and that was sort of when we see Alex and Kara team up to start to to start to start to fight crime basically but yeah one episode a, a one off character and look at the effect that you know this Kenny Lee, you know, had on Diana, and and I I felt too. That was one of my, that was one of my favorite episodes. And we barely saw Melissa Benoist in it. You know, it was young Alex, young Kara, and it was a it was a well written. It was a great
1: episode. Yeah, but back to Ted Grant. Go for it. Um, just the way she like she wouldn't even just give advice to Kara. She would give advice to Supergirl. Cause I forgot what it is, but but like whenever Supergirls like. Feeling down, feeling like she failed, she couldn't do it. Cat Grant tells her to go back. Oh, wait, no! This is the one. This is it where she said. I forgot who she said it to, but it's my favorite Cat Grant. Where she said, like, she wasn't happy in National City. So she Googled, where's the happiest place on earth? And it said Bhutan. So then she went to Bhutan, and then she wasn't happy. So she told Cara that, like, happiness isn't where you are. Happiness is what you do, and it's what yeah, sorry it's whatever if you're doing what you enjoy and being a person that you enjoy, then you're happy it's not about if you're living here, living there doing this, doing that it's about like something within yourself that that's what happiness is,
0: and then probably right after that she us the fact that she turned down Harrison Ford a few times for dates. And I mean, that's just that's just Cat Grant. This sagely advice, and then just these killer one-liners from her. And I mean, I I am so sad that Callista Flockhart, when the show moved from CBS to the CW, which then moved, meant it moved from Los Angeles to Vancouver, she wasn't able to make it, so they had to kind of phase her out right of the show. But there are so many awesome characters in this show... I want to talk about one that I am so glad they introduced, and I see so much potential in this character, and so much potential in her relationship with Kara slash Supergirl. You know, if you're going to have a Supergirl, Superman, a superperson show,
1: you need a Luther. And we got a good Luther. Who's the Luther in this show? Lena Luther, who if you're thinking in the comics, like, isn't she supposed to be dead? Yes, she is supposed to be dead. Don't expect to see her in that... Supergirl movie, because I have a good feeling they're going to keep her dead. But, anyway, she's there, and she is just... Oh, she... I think besides Win she is my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd put Brainiac 5 below her. Yeah. Lena Luthor is, like, my second favorite character, yeah. Lena
0: Luthor. Now, in, in Supergirl, here, she is... She's actually... Well, I don't know. How would she... Because... She her father is Lyle Luther, but the mother is not Lillian. Not Lillian Luther. So that would make her like half
1: She's a half sister to Lex, yeah. Is it like that in the comics? No, she's a full sister and she's like the whole point of Lena Luther is to be Lex's big failure. That Lex could have saved his sister but couldn't either Was he was too smart enough or he didn't try. That's the whole point of Lena Luther. But this one they they were kind of able to start from scratch because since Lena Luthor's whole character in the comics is that she's dead, they were able to give her this new, like, interesting backstory and, like, these character traits and, yeah, like, give her an actual character. Yeah,
0: yeah and she actually does ha- have a character, and she is quite a character because the second we see her on screen and she is paid a visit by ace reporter Clark Kent and his plucky sidekick Cara Danvers now when these two show up in Cat Grant's office, Cat Grant loses it for, for Clark Kent and I mean this this poison in control woman is like giddy around Clark Kent let's cut to L Corp <laughs> Which I don't think, well, I'll tell you what I think the L stands for in a minute. We cut to L Corp. Clark and Cara come in the office,
1: and, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Lena could not care less. She is eating Kara with her eyes. Oh, my God. It's just, she walks in, she's just like, oh, hello, Miss Danvers. Hmm. Oh, Miss Danvers, why aren't you a reporter? Yeah, I know. She's just like, Mr. Danvers, I didn't see your name on the byline. Hmm.
0: Now, conversely, this is a Luther. Lex Luther, and it's established on this show that Lex and Superman were great friends until Lex went crazy and Superman had to take him down. So the running line is never trust a Luther. But trusting Cara Danvers is defending Lena Luther to the end of the earth. So this little relationship goes both ways.
1: Yeah, and like, because like what happens is is that. Uh, they, they, they they not they don't kidnap. They apprehend Lillian Luther because she's trying to like poison all the aliens on Earth. But then she escapes, and then people think. Well, there's actual like evidence that because they fabricate this video that Lena Luther broke her out, so the whole world thinks she's guilty. But Carl's like, no, my friend Lena would never do that. So she actively she loses her job to try and prove that Lena is innocent. Okay, so a person she's known for five minutes, she loses her job. She
0: quits her job over it. Conversely, Morgan Edge, who is a very forgettable villain in the third season, I'm only going to mention him here, is threatening to buy CatCo. Kara goes into the offices of Elcor. Again, just Kara Danvers just walks into Lena's office and was just like, I need help, Lena. What does Lena do after knowing Kara for five minutes?
1: No, she's known Kara for longer than that. They already have their relationship. They already have a very strong and trusting relationship. But, Kara, what Lena does is above and beyond what normal people would do. So, it's her friend, so instead of trying to, like, you know, like, go out there and, you know, like, strong arm arm like Morgan Edge or just, like, you know do do whatever she buys catco she buys this billion dollar company for her friend car danvers and if people listening and i've never seen supergirl you here think like oh you're just pulling this out of your ass no there is like this whole there's this whole like group not 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 group of people because it makes it sound weird but there are so many people out there who ship and if you don't know what ship is, it's, it's 2018, come on, who ship Kara and Lena together, and it's just, when you watch this show, you see the way they talk to each other, you see the way they, like There, like, there's one where Lena just break down, and she cries in front of Kara, and she begs Kara not to go anywhere, and Kara's hugging her, and she says, I'm not going anywhere, Lena, and it's just like, they're they're, they're more than friends, how could you not see this, and then it's just, the, 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 there's a wonderful video. I'll plug it here. It's by Are They Gay, and it's our La- Laura. Are, is carolina Luther gay? And it's by Are They Gay, and you should watch it because it's the perfect argument. Not argument, perfect. Not, not, not argument because evidence. See, it's the perfect evidence that they are in that they're madly in love with each other.
0: I mean absolutely you know Lena Lena has gone out of her way to say that she does not show her emotions but she does she she bears her soul to Kara and vice versa you know start of season 3 Kara loses Monel you know and and the thing is is Lena knew that Monel and Alien was involved with her friend Kara and you know she she lifts up Kara and boosts her up um you know not only that there's there's and I and I forget you know what the scene was or you know what had happened prior but Lena and Kara are sitting there on the sofa across from each other looking at each other and i'm going to start the line cuz i know you know the end of it lena turns to kara and says she goes well today i was saved by supergirl
1: but Cara danvers you're my hero
0: exactly um and again you know are they gay Uh, that's the that's the name of the channel. That's a channel name. Is are they gay? Yeah, that's the channel name. Are they gay? Uh, you it's I think because it's one of their latest videos. You will absolutely see it. Uh, I really didn't need any convincing. Uh, I really suspected. I. From the beginning I thought, Oh, Lena is a lesbian and she's just very attracted to Kara. But then
1: when Kara is defending her to the end of the earth and and holding her in her arms while Lena's bearing her soul to her, saying that she's afraid of the horrible Luther she might become and that she needs Kara to keep her grounded. Kara's there holding her and saying, No, I'm staying right here for you, Lena. I'm just like, dang, that that is like that is a deep love. That is that is because Kara and Monel they, they probably said I love you to each other, but that's, that's like, eh, it's, it's like, whatever, that's, it's not love, but this, this is a deep needing, they need each other, and they love each other, and this love goes both ways, and they're both, and they're both good to each other, unlike mon Al and Kara.
0: Absolutely, and, uh, oh gosh, I just, I was going to say, yeah, you know, like you said, Kara uh, and Manel probably said I love you to each other, and and, and they do, because I know that's like one of those poignant scenes, the first time the one says it to the other and the music lifts up, Lena and Cara have said I love you to each other without actually saying the words, you know, Cara, I love you, Lena, I love you, it's, it's, it's in how they support each other and and care for each other and, you know, this is not... They're not besties. It's deeper than that. Um, so much so that, you know, when Lena starts to have sort of ill feelings towards Supergirl, it really hurts Kara because, you know, she's just like... It's like, oh my God, she hates this part of me.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, now she's afraid more than... Because she was thinking about telling Lena she was thinking about telling Lena that she is Supergirl but then all of a sudden they start to have this fight over kryptonite and now Lena says like you know what if Supergirl isn't gonna be trusting towards me I don't need her so then now Cora's is terrified to 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 tell Lena who she really is and then now that that Oh, I'm just so worried about what's going to happen to their relationship if, if Lena finds out before they patch things up as Supergirl and Carl, or if she's even going to care, I don't know. Yeah, because,
0: you know what, look, if it, was, if it wasn't a romantic love, or a very deep love there... Kara could probably say, you know, she could probably say like or be more worried about, oh, no, if she finds out I'm Supergirl, maybe she will expose me or this or that. She's looking at it like, oh, no, if she knows I'm Supergirl, she's not going to love me, Kara, anymore. I mean, that's the way I read it.
1: Yeah, she is not worried about her doing any Luther things. It's about what's going to happen to their personal relationship.
0: No more kombucha dates.
1: I know, kombucha. They're, they're, there's literally, like, they're, they're there, and then the car is writing an article or whatever. She's like, oh, I forgot about our our date at the, fir-. they call it a date, by the way. It's not, We're not, they, they call it lunch dates. So then she's like, oh, I forgot about our date at the fermentation place. And, and then Lena Luce is like, it's okay, kombucha can wait. I'm like, and then it's just like, kombucha, kombucha. <laughs> It's like that's like the most because I saw it on a post too where they were just like where they're like, kombucha date lesbians, and I'm just like, Yeah, it's kombucha.
0: I'm not even gonna bring up the fact that in season three they crammed together <laughs> poor use of words, but they jammed together Lena and James. Uh, season two, James does Despises Lena because he despised Lex because Lex tried to kill his best friend Superman. Season 3 rolls around he's like, gee willikers, that Lena Luther's hot. I guess I'll hook up with her. I mean, I... And again, are they gay? Go to that channel. Watch the video. Because they really say that, and, and I agree that the writers are trying to be like, oh my god, people might think that Lena and Kara. Quick! Give her a boyfriend! You know? And it's just if, if you thought James and Cara was forced, or Monell and Cara was forced, Lena and James, it's just like Professor Stein couldn't come up with an equation to force these
1: two together. It's like, it kind of hurts to watch because because, like, it's just two people with no chemistry, and they're just smushing faces together, and it's like, I don't want to watch this. It's weird.
0: And I don't care, you know. James is James is black, and Lena's white. You know, I didn't care when it was James and that has nothing to do with it. It's just, it's, it's literally like if if James was flamboyantly gay and Lena was like a butch lesbian, and they were like, well, let's just make them a couple. It's that awkward and painful to watch because it's like, no, this doesn't work. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, it's like, what, what's like another thing that like. I don't even know. It's it's like, I I can't even think. It's like for me in my head when I thought about when when New Fifty Two did Superman and Wonder Woman, I'm like, ew, no, that's that's not how it's supposed to work, because like and even then like, J and then like, the actor who plays James has said some really stupid stuff surrounding this, because. I don't even know, but I'm guessing he said it in relation to Supercorp, which is their ship name, is that he says is that, because like, I always see these like, gif sets that are like they put in like, fake dialogue and they, and then Cara's always like she's just like, why are you dating Lena? Lena's a lesbian, She's and then James always they always have James say oh no, I'm just a lesbian trapped in a football player's body, so then he's even, so the real Jimmy Olsen is saying stupid stuff like that and it makes it even worse
0: yeah, it re- it really really does, and you know, please, you know, CW writers, please explore the Lena Cara Supergirl love triangle, the Lena Cara relationship, because it it really is a beautiful relationship, and even adding in the complication of Lena not trusting Supergirl and and how that affects Cara, I mean, it's it's a great story, you know, I I, I don't know. Have have Vixen leave, uh, you know, I was about to say Defender of the Realm. Oh my God, I'm totally blanking. Legends of Tomorrow. Have have Vixen leave it and hook up with James, because I'd buy that faster than I. And I'd, and just
1: somebody from a different dimension comes over, is like, hey James, and just takes them away, and like, oh okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Have him hook up with Wally West from Earth One or something like that. Oh my God, crossovers. We haven't even talked about crossover. Well, I you haven't
1: seen any of the crossovers. So
0: you have. Seen You haven't seen any of the crossovers, but you did see the episode where Barry Allen did make an appearance, but you know what? Yeah, you hardly saw any crossovers. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, Are you pumped for season four?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Because it potentially could sort of be the Supergirl version of an excellent graphic novel.
1: It could be the Supergirl version of Superman Red Son, because at the end of season three, they have this, like, Kryptonian artifact, and what it does... The Haroon car, it makes like doubles of people. So if somebody's a good guy, it makes an evil double. Evil guy makes good double. So then at the end, you see in Siberia there is a super girl like it's Melissa Benoist, and she, there, she's walking around there. And you're like, oh man, Superman, Red Sun, and just and then like that's a good way because. I know some people are like, Brainiac 5 replacing Wynn, not in my Christian household. So then, like, (laughs) that could be a good way to kind of have Brainiac prove himself. Because if there's this evil Russian Supergirl flying around, and then the real Supergirl is like, Man, nobody trusts me anymore, because there's this evil Supergirl out there. So then Brainiac 5 can be like, Hey, I know what it's like not to be trusted as who I am, because all anybody can think about when they think of me is Brainiac, the collector of worlds. So then, they can kind of relate on that note, and I think that's a ugh, sorry, that's a way to bring Brainiac 5 into like trying like to, to make him fill Wynn's shoes a little bit.
0: And those are some pretty big shoes to fill, but I think Brainiac 5 will do a good job of it. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Any Any last things you want to say to people out there about Supergirl
1: Supercorp is endgame like Khorasami, it's going to be endgame
0: Khorasami is canon and if you don't know what Khorasami is, just please google it, I don't want to explain it
1: yeah, it's 2018, you don't know what Corasami is?
0: I'm 40 something something years old I know what Khorasami is because I watched it and I bought into it Um, and I'm watching Supergirl and I'm buying into Supercorp Um, I actually love the fact that I just want to shout it out real quick I know you talked about it on your podcast and again your podcast is Elseworld's
1: Finest
0: you talked about it with uh, your partner there Kate Uh, Well, I know you have revolving partners but you and Kate talked about going to Flame Con uh, a week ago um, when you guys were hustling around on the tables there and I went to this one artist table and I was looking at her stuff and I saw, th- and I saw this picture I was like okay I have to stall now and, and I pretty much said to this artist I was just like I'm just waiting for my daughter to get here because she's going to die when she sees this picture, so I'm just going to ask you questions and stuff. I'm like, Diana, hurry up. Come here. Uh, You know, you saw that piece of art.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's like, it's, it's Supergirl. Carrying it's it's like I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a Superman Lois Lane picture somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But it's like supergirl flying and she's carrying Lena Luther with her and then it just says a super and a Luther together and I'm just and then it's oh it's perfect. And it's
0: like starring <laughs> Melissa Benoist and
1: Katie McGrath and I'm just like oh. King
0: of Lord. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um yeah so i guess this is a good place to sort of start wrapping things up so again once again diana your podcast is because i know you'll continue
1: it in college is World's finest and we're everywhere you can find this podcast and our latest episode is on flame con and a whole bunch of news that everybody's already talked about already but we're slow so we just talked about it
0: well, you're like a 24-hour news channel. You just keep recycling it. Just kidding. So, yeah, Elseworlds World's fine. Let's definitely check it out. And please keep checking out stuff you don't need to know. Just because Diana's going off to college, uh, I'm going to be continuing to do some solo shows. So, please keep it tuned to here. Uh, I'm going to talk about movies that are kind of obscure i'm gonna talk about my beloved new york knicks uh, i'm probably gonna talk about well nope i'm saving cw talk for when diana comes back from college so we could talk about it because uh, we are riverdale trash
1: yeah oh i can't wait for that to watch it oh to like huddle my roommates around our small tv and just be like this this what you're about to witness is art and just see their reactions just ah. Oh can't wait for
0: that. I can't can't wait to hear about that. So again, keep it tuned here to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay and Diana and we'll talk to you later.